On this episode of Real American Heroes, Tom Kilgannon joins us, a member of the National Commission on Military, National, and Public Service. You don't want to miss this. Welcome to this Real American Heroes vid podcast. As you know, this show is for and about real American heroes, the kind of people with whom I have spent my entire life. I'm Oliver North, and I call this our Press On America campaign. Our mission, and Marines love having a mission, is to provide you with facts, straight scoop, on how to persevere in tough times. In each one of these video podcasts, we put on experts who are willing to share their advice, wisdom, and experience as an encouragement to all Americans. Our guest today is Tom Kilgannon, member of the National Commission on Military, National, and Public Service. He's also the president of Freedom Alliance, the organization I founded more than 25 years ago to help hurt heroes heal. Tom, let's talk first about the National Commission that you've served on for well, well over a year. How long has it been in, in, in business? Well, it's been three years, Colonel, and it's great to see you doing so well. Thanks for having me on the program. Tom, let's talk first about the National Commission. You've been, you've been on this for well over a year. How long ago was it you got appointed to this? It's been about three years now, Ollie. The National Commission was founded in 2017. It was authorized by the National Defense Authorization Act of 2017. And it was put together for, for two reasons, basically. First was uh, to review the selective service system. And as you know, that's the system by which young men register for a military draft. And since um, many MOSs, in fact, all MOSs have been opened in the military now for women, uh, the natu naturally the question arose, should young women as well as young men be required to register uh, for selective service? And secondly, uh, there was a broader mandate given to the commission and that is, how do we get a more young Americans inspired to serve this great country of ours, whether it's in military service, national service or public service? And so we spent the last three years going across the country and taking a look at these questions, speaking to groups of, of faith-based groups and experts and holding public hearings. And it's been a terrific experience. As you well know, there are wonderful people all across this country. They're doing great work. And the commission really just wants to see how we can build upon that. So were there any contentious issues because it was decided before anybody else had a commission that women would be serving in all the MOSs of everybody else? That would have been, for me, a very contentious issue, but it was already pre-decided when, when the commission was appointed. So what were the contentious issues? Well, uh, first let me say that uh, there were a lot of non-contentious issues. There were a lot of uh, issues on, on which we all agreed and, and, and were able to find common ground. And that is uh, that one, that there are millions of young Americans who are doing great things. Secondly, uh, as you know, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who voluntarily serve uh, in our armed forces uh, are great young Americans. The all-volunteer force is fantastic, and it's something this commission worked hard to preserve, but have it backed up by a robust selective service system. Now, to your question about was there anything uh, contentious about it? Uh, the issue, of course, which formed the commission, should young women be required to register with selective service? That, of course, was a hotly debated uh, topic. Uh, people on both sides had passionate feelings about it. Uh, as you may know, I had uh, very strong feelings about it. And I believe the system that we currently have, which requires young men only, 
to register with Selective Service is the best way to go. Ultimately, I was outvoted. The commission put forth a recommendation that said that registration should be open and required of young women as well, 18 to 25 years old. And so what that means is if the Congress uh, accepts this recommendation, uh, that young women in this country will be required to register and could at some point be called up in a military draft. So there's people talking about that very issue right now in the midst of this coronavirus issue. I mean, how are we going to be able to use the military? Some of it's, as you know, uh, already engaged. I, I want to just make sure that I understand when is this actually going to be voted on in Congress? Well, that'll be up to now to the Congress. The commission has voted. Uh, we have issued our final report and we have delivered it to both the president of the United States and the Congress. And now it is in their hands. It will be up to the Congress as to uh, which, if, uh, which or how many of these 164 recommendations we have put forward that they would like to take up, that they would like to vote upon. And, uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. But you mentioned something um, about the, the debate currently in this coronavirus and, and should we be calling up the military? As you know, Colonel, in this environment, what we're looking for is people with special skills, critical skills, doctors, nurses, paramedics, people who understand uh, how to um, combat this kind of an enemy. And that is something the commission looked at very strongly. We put forth several recommendations that will help in precisely this kind of an environment. Uh, we put forth a recommendation that will allow Americans to voluntarily register with a database and identify the critical skills that they have so that they could be called up in a situation like this or in a different situation. If you've got cyber skills uh, or, or something like that and we need people with those kinds of critical skills, this kind of a database would allow them to do that. When we were debating these issues, this kind of a pandemic was precisely the kind of scenario in which we envisioned and we put forth a number of recommendations to make it easier and more effectively for the nation to mobilize all of our resources to fight a, a situation like this. You know, Tom, I, I have to share this with you I, and, and all of our viewers. I, Tom Kilgannon is a very close personal friend of mine. I have enormous admiration for him. So in addition to his day in and day out work for Freedom Alliance, which we're gonna hear about in just a moment, he was all making sure that we did the right thing with the young people of this country for situations just like the one we're in. Now I want, our, I want you, Tom, to describe what Freedom Alliance has been doing to help hurt heroes heal, in, in not just the military member himself, but their families in a normal existence, right up until we've now find ourselves in something that's anything but normal. Sure, a, uh, a, normal, um, a normal existence, as you put it. It's, it's funny you, you ask that because you and I were on one of the last flights to take off on the morning of September 11, 2001. And uh, in the weeks after that, we used to talk about the normal times before 9-11. And now we're talking about the normal times pre-coronavirus. But uh, thanks for the question because uh, Freedom Alliance is an organization that you know well. You founded it 30 years ago, and I've had the honor to run it for over 20 years. Uh, in normal times, what we do, Colonel, is we take care of heroes and military families. Right now, we are providing college scholarships to 500 sons and daughters of military heroes, those who have been killed in combat, 
were permanently disabled in the line of service. We ensure that one, they have the resources necessary to go to school to get an education, but secondly, and more importantly, it is to ensure that their parents' sacrifice will never be forgotten by a grateful nation. Over 500 students are currently on scholarship with us. Freedom Alliance has awarded over $16 million historically to these kids. And it is, it's an honor to be able to send them to school, but even more so is to be able to work with them and to get to know them. We take these kids under our, our arms and we embrace them and we try to provide them the mentorship and the support that their parent would want them to have. Well, it's certainly not a normal time anymore, and yet the demands on Freedom Alliance are going up. Describe how you're making this all happen. You know, you and I would normally be standing right next to each other at the office at, right outside of Dulles Airport, but it's not, these are not normal times. So give us a sense for how Freedom Alliance is fulfilling their commitment, not just to those who are currently on active duty, but to veterans, the wounded, and now first responders, doctors, nurses, EMTs, National Guards folks who are in harm's way fighting the Wuhan virus. Yeah, Freedom Alliance is always uh, right there to be able to take care of those who are on the front lines for this nation. And right now what we're doing is caring for combat veterans. Uh, as you well know, all of the programs that we have at Freedom Alliance are really structured in such a way as to get combat veterans out of the house, keep them in the company of one another, and to be able to socialize with one another so that their post-traumatic stress and their traumatic brain injuries uh, don't, don't uh, have them doing things that they shouldn't be doing. What, what we want is for them to have a robust social activity so that they remain positive and they have a full and complete rehabilitation. And that's what our programs are structured to do. In this environment, of course, it's just the opposite of that. We're telling everybody to stay alone, stay inside, stay away from other people. So what our team has been doing for these last three weeks, we have reached out personally through uh, telephone, through uh, Skype and Zoom meetings like this, through email and text messaging to connect and personally connect with each one of those combat veterans. Ask them, how are you doing? How are you getting along? Is there anything we can do? And to provide them that support so that they remain positive. Uh, we have done hundreds and hundreds of those kinds of personal interactions personal counseling sessions in just the last three weeks. You know, you're absolutely right. Isolation is certainly not the best medicine for post-traumatic stress. And, and I heard you talking to some of the staff on one of those calls about how important the mission is for buddy checks. Tell us, tell, tell our audience what these are. This is fantastic, folks. Yeah, this is, uh, it's really an extension of what we're doing as a staff. So uh, although our, our team has, has conducted hundreds of these kinds of calls, we are calling on those veterans, those combat vets, uh, to do the same, to reach out to one of their buddies that we don't know, that we have yet to be introduced to. Check on him, check on her, make sure that they're okay, and bring them to our attention if there's something that Freedom Alliance can do to help them. And what we know is going to happen, Colonel, uh, here in the next several weeks, is that all of those uh, combat veterans who are isolated in their homes. They're going to want to get out. They're going to want to be in the company of one another. So we have our events planned and ready to go as soon as uh, this social distancing policy is lifted. Secondly, we are looking for uh, all of those members of the National Guard 
who are on the front lines at the hospitals today who might be getting infected, who might be getting hurt by this virus, we stand ready to help them. Uh, if your podcast viewers want to go to freedomalliance.org and look at what we're doing, make a contribution to Freedom Alliance, it would be much appreciated because their support is needed now more than ever. Without giving away things that, are, that ought to be private, I know that in the conversation we had with, or you had with the staff, uh, one of them said, this buddy program has already saved lives. Can, just generically, without getting into names and places and dates, just, just describe how important that really is. <clears throat> sure. Um, and, and thanks for the opportunity to talk about it, Colonel. It, it does get, uh, it, it's not the easiest thing to talk about, no. but um, in our buddy checks, in our outreach to veterans, uh, we see this periodically, uh, which is, and it's, and it's compounded by this current situation in which people are isolated in their homes and they feel down and they feel depressed and they might have uh, substances in their, um, in their cabinets uh, that are unhelpful to the situation, uh, over, over medication or, or alcohol or things like that. And so recently uh, we reached out to a veteran, uh, got him on the phone, asked, how are you doing? And he confided that he wasn't doing real well and he was thinking about doing something stupid, uh, about potentially ending his life. Uh, and our staff member was able to talk to him, prevent him from doing that, uh, and has been on the phone with him for hours at a time every day uh, to ensure that he remains alive and he remains as well as possible under these circumstances, uh, referring him to um, others who can help in, who have a specialty in that kind of counseling. And I'm, I'm proud to report that this young man is still alive, still with us and getting better. And this is the kind of work that Freedom Alliance does every day. And, uh, and I would just wanna give a shout out to our team. These are people who wear their hearts on their sleeves. Uh, they are the ultimate professionals. Uh, most of them either have a direct or an indirect connection with the military. They understand what service is, they understand what sacrifice is, and they would do anything to help uh, a fellow soldier, sailor, airman, or marine, or a military family. And, uh, and those are the kinds of people we have who step up in a crisis like this. Tom, the work you guys are doing is absolutely magnificent, and your entire team. And it's, it's not a big team, folks. This is not, you know, three or 400 people. Tom's got a very small core team. We've got a lot of volunteers out there. We've got people who most importantly care. And Tom is, is the leader of that. And I, I sincerely mean it. Bless you for what you're doing, my brother. Thank you, Colonel. Folks, please keep our troops and our Freedom Alliance team in your prayers. You know, friends, I never faced an enemy like this in combat. But I'm confident because we've got the bravest, brightest, and best military in the world to help us persevere. So thank you for your support and friendship for Freedom Alliance and our nation's heroes. Stay safe and remember, Semper Fidelis is more than a slogan for US Marines. Always faithful is a way of life. Now, press on America, press on.